Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Once, I reviewed each of his works in the chronological order of publication, but Ka is a wheel, it all goes round again, and here I am, once again, on a new phase of the journey to examine each of the endings of the works of Stephen King, specifically to determine whether or not King deserves his reputation for having an inability to successfully land his endings. The focus of the podcast will be to examine the climax, falling action, and resolution of the endings to each of his novels, and not as short stories, just as novels, and break it down by character, themes, conflict, and plot to determine whether or not it meets the criteria of being an objectively good ending. I will also weigh in on whether or not I happen to personally like the ending. And today, I'm here to discuss the ending of The Regulators. So before I get into the Wikipedia summary, I just wanted to wish everyone a happy 4th. Well, everyone um, that celebrates the the 4th of July, um, you know, for anyone, you know, overseas, you can ignore this. Um, As I record this, this is July 3rd, 2021. um, And it is a rainy uh, 4th of July season, unfortunately. I hope that the weather starts to clear up so everyone can really engage in in summer and summer activities but yeah i just wanted to say happy uh happy fourth everyone i think that's very fitting that i am talking about the regulators as the regulators actually is a really perfect summer read Um, as i stated in my review of regulators the book um this is a novel that i believe gets overshadowed um by desperation um, for a couple of reasons. One, I believe that The Regulators is just a weirder novel than Desperation, and it is written under the Richard Bachman moniker. And I think that just subconsciously uh, Stephen King fans just might gravitate more toward Stephen King himself than the the deceased Richard Bachman pseudonym. But um, I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to one more, uh, one more time just plug the regulators and get some love going towards this novel, this weird, wild, surreal, um, reality-warping story of westerns and cartoons and devilish entities um, possessing young children. It's a great, great book. I love the regulators, there's a lot to love about this novel. But the question is, hey, the ending, is it good? Is it a good ending? That's what we're going to find out today here on the Stephen King cast. First, I'm going to read um, the Wikipedia summary so I have a basis upon which I can build my analysis of the ending. Along a residential street in the suburban town of Wentworth, Ohio, a paper boy is suddenly shot by a mysterious stranger in a red van. The neighborhood's panicked civilians run for shelter while author, author Johnny Marinville attempts to contact the police. However, an otherworldly force prevents the call from going through. Two colorful vans, each driven by mysterious and odd strangers, later appear and kill three more residents. Former police officer Kali Entrangian directs the affected residents and corrals them to their homes of victim David Carter Carver and veterinarian Tom Billingsley. Only two residents remain indoors the entire time, seemingly unfazed. Audrey Weiler and her autistic nephew Seth, whom she has been caring for since the death of his family two years ago, remain silent among the chaos. 
During a trip to the mining town in Desperation, Nevada, an evil otherworldly entity named Tack took possession of Seth's body after it was released from a mine. Implementing strong mental influence, it later killed Seth's parents and siblings. Tack then forced Audrey's husband to commit suicide. To survive, Audrey took refuge, uh, refuge in a mental construct of her creation, modeling her safe place after a favorite retreat. Seth, meanwhile, is sent to the deep rest recesses of his mind while Tack is in control and suffers poor hygiene and nutrition as a result of the creature's neglect. Despite his autism, Seth displays a gifted mental strength that is likely the reason Tack was drawn to him in the first place. It also helps keep his mind intact intact while Tack is in control. Tack is the source of the vans, which are derived from the cartoon Motocops 2200, um, which Seth watches religiously. Seth often watches a Western movie named The Regulators, and Tack eventually transforms the neighborhood into an Old West landscape with no way to escape, as some of the residents soon find. After several other people are killed in various ways, Seth takes makes time for Audrey to escape the house while Tack is preoccupied. Audrey pits, puts a laxative in Seth's milk, uh, and she takes the chance to go across the street to the carver's home, and she explains the situation to the others. Seth ingests, ingests the laxative, which causes Tack to leave Seth's body temporarily as it cannot stand witnessing the boy defecate. She slips back to the house with Johnny to try to rescue Seth before Tack returns, but Cammie Reed follows with a gun distraught over the death of her son, Jim. Cammie kills Seth and mortally wounds Audrey as Tack tries to re-enter the boy's body. Tack's attention is then diverted to her and it enters Cammie's body instead. However, she cannot hold up to Tack the way that Seth could and her body is destroyed as a result of the possession. Tack leaves her in the form of smoke and dissipates into the wind. The vans disappear and the landscape is returned to its normal state. A short epilogue in the form of a letter reveals that Seth and Audrey's spirits have taken up residence in the meadow from Audrey's mental sanctuary and live there happily in what is implied to be an alternate parallel paradise. Okay, so let's talk about the ending. Specifically, where are we going to talk about? Um, from the climax on. So Audrey drugging Tack, um, then Cammie shooting Seth and Audrey, Cammie dying, Tack melting in the wind, and then the resolution being the overlook button hotel button ending so in order to talk about the ending let's talk about the criteria for a good ending specifically uh does it provide an appropriate conclusion to its characters as consistent with the characters actions conflicts or themes of the book um yes uh, i know i just don't know if anyone has any ground to argue that i don't really have have um you know much more to say about it other than yeah um you know audrey has been proven to be strong throughout the entirety of the novel. She is strong um, throughout the conclusion of the novel and up until her death. Um, her strength at keeping her aut her autistic uh, nephew alive, um, despite his possession and her own loss, is indicative of this strength. Um, and it also shows just the love that she has for this child who is possessed by this otherworldly entity that's trying to hurt her and debases her and degrades her and, um, you know, has taken everything from her and is ruining the lives of, of those um, around her. Um, you know, she is wily, she is smart, she is strong, and all of this is... Um, is uh, a part of the um, the conclusion of the novel. 
Um, and the other characters as well. No one acts out of character. Um, you know, Cammy is motivated by the death of, you know, her child. Um, you know, Seth, um, you know, we, we see his actions. We see his beliefs. We see his thought processes. Um, you know, we see him doing what he can to help and to stop attack. Um, so I would say that, yeah, it, it's an appropriate conclusion to the characters. The next question, does it successfully wrap up the plot? Specifically, do the events build upon one another with consistency? I would say yes, um, but in order for this to work as well as it does, it requires you to buy into the plot. It requires you to understand the bending of reality. It requires you to understand the nature of tack, the role of motocops and westerns. And despite all of these weird, wild, imaginative elements, <laughs> it all comes down to laxative. You know, it's not going to be the last time that King incorporates toilet-based fear into his story, but it's important to note that the natural act of defecation is so unclean to this otherworldly creature that it must vacate its possessed body. It sounds stupid, but remember, this is important, King takes the big ideas of the novel, all right, this supernatural entity, one that is able to literally reshape reality itself. Like that that's hard to really wrap your head around and it's hard to buy into the emotion of that. But what King does so well is that he's able to take these big ideas and at times what seem to be unfathomable ideas that are so alien to the reader that it is difficult to get behind. He takes these ideas but he's able to ground them with something so recognizable. And in this case, um, an essential bodily function. So your, your mileage may vary on your enjoyment of this as a plot device and your enjoyment of whether or not it, um, you know, works as a legitimate plot device. But if you examine the novel as this this war between an otherworldly entity and someone of this world I mean, what better way to to demonstrate being a living organism from the planet earth than having to take a shit i mean it sounds crass but hey remember Everybody poops. It is a thing that happens, um, and I, I think that it, it's it's a hum it's a biological act. So it really shows the inhumanity and the alienness of this creature. So I understand anyone that might think that it's stupid. I understand. I just don't happen to agree. I think that it it really, if anything, it it supports the humanity of the characters um you know and it's just you know as i stated uh it's not the last time that king is going to kick open the doors of the bathroom to reveal some sort of horror and i think that there's something to be said about that you know we all go to the bathroom and let's examine um this portion of our lives that we spend in the bathroom um, on the uh, the grandest stage of all in the climax of uh, of a horror story I think I'm fine with it um, and I think that 
you know the events here um, they they build they do build upon one another. There's a, a a mad, desperate rush to the end of this novel with all of the characters attempting to get out of the predicament that they have found themselves in. So despite the surreality of it, there is a ticking time bomb nature to it, and uh, the the plans of each of the characters collide um, that ultimately um, end with the 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 deaths of of major characters and the elimination of the main villain. So does the conclusion um, serve the theme, the symbolism, and the motifs? I'm going to be honest, uh, you know, on a, I, it's not as if I reread the novel for the purposes of the review of the ending. I'm going off of my... Um, the review that I had done of the novel itself and the Wikipedia summary, but in terms of a deeper theme, I don't know if there is one. So I, I, smarter people and smarter listeners than I um, will be able to point that out. And if you do, if you can point towards deeper themes within the novel that uh, collide and are extrapolated upon in the conclusion, please write in to Stephen Kingcast at yahoo.com. The next um, question, it doesn't necessarily work against a novel if the answer is no, um, but it, it certainly helps if the answer is yes. And that is, what is the most famous scene in the novel and does it appear in the conclusion of the story? I would say the most famous scene, if there is a famous scene, um, and I think that this novel, like many of the, the, the non-film um, or TV versions of a Stephen King story, just suffer from the lack of cultural awareness. So I don't think there really is a famous scene, but if there was a famous scene, I probably would point to the arrival of the regulators, which happens at the beginning of the story, not the end. Are there other factors that we need to consider? Uh, yeah, it's a weird-ass book. We need to consider that. Um, it is among the, the most surreal that Stephen King has done. Um, he's literally you know, rewriting reality and making up his own rules as he goes along, but I don't think that that should be counted against him because it is done really well. You know, he's playing with an, a story of imagination um, in, in, in a tale where the, the, the imagination of a child um, can physically harm those around him. It's like that Twilight, Zine, the Twilight Zone episode. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the famous one where the, the boy um, can do whatever he wants with his mind. You know, the one that was spoofed on, on The Simpsons many moons ago. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's King through Bachman taking a stab at that. And I would say it's, it's a more successful version than that Twilight Zone episode. Um, yeah, come at me. That's what I believe. Um, you know, so it's a weird book. You have to get behind the weirdness to truly understand it. You know, the, on the flip side, desperation very much is in line with what Stephen King was doing at that time with, with big ideas and the characters, um, you know, the, the struggles that they are going through, um, it, you know, their shadows, re really. It's just like the, 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 the sh sorry, the struggles that they're going through, there is a light right in front of them and their, their shadows um, are, are, are playing out 
you know, on more of an apocalyptic epic scale. So in desperation, um, you know, it's it's a fight for survival for them. But really, at the core, it's it's another story of good versus evil, and characters having to not just survive, but vanquish, and this version of ultimate evil with Tack. Um, and here it is, like I've said, it is just a strange blend of so many stories you have you know suburban malaise you have the imagination of childhood you have west uh, you know um you have sensibilities and and iconography of westerns and early 90s cartoons and just you know the 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 the, the lawns and the lifestyle of suburbs just all colliding into into one and becoming this this nightmare hellscape um, and it's it's the return of Bachman, which is also so weird. Um, Bachman, who Stephen King had killed in so many ways, um, you know, publicly, you know, if you look at the biography, Richard Bachman is dead. Richard Bachman is a, a person that does not live anymore. And this book was um, published only because his widow, uh, quote unquote, found the novel and was able to punish uh, publish it. So... Um, at this point, everyone knew the, the Richard Bachman pseudonym was really Stephen King, and Stephen King famously had written The Dark Half, and The Dark Half was another way to kill Richard Bachman because he was dealing with duality. He was dealing with pseudonyms. He was dealing with the public fallout from having his uh, pseudonym be known, and he was playing with all these ideas within a Stephen King novel and having a Stephen King-like character fight a Richard Bachman-like character. Um, and Richard Bachman comes back to give this flip version of Desperation. So it's just it's another fact that we have to consider. So with all that said, per, you know, personal, subjectively, do I like the ending? Yes, I do like the ending of this novel, and I'm very much a big fan of this novel. But who cares about what I think? Can we objectively state whether or not it's a good ending for everything? So I haven't answered no to any of these questions. I was only able to answer, I don't know, to one of them. And I, I think that from a plot perspective, from a character perspective, certainly, these are um, you know very true to what has come before. I think that these are a natural payoffs to both the plot and the characters. Can't really speak about the, the theme, but um, uh, I think that it works from a plot and a character standpoint. So um, that leads us to the tallies. So as of right now, I happen to like 26 out of 27 endings that I've discussed. And um, objectively speaking, um, I've been able to determine that 24 out of 27 endings have been good. So that's where we are with that. I think that um, in terms of batting average, Stephen King's doing pretty good in terms of endings. So that's all I got for the regulators ending. Um, I hope that everyone had a grand old time listening to this. Thank you for coming back. For new listeners, thank you for uh, tuning in. If this is your first episode, welcome. You might have heard some weird licking noises. Um, that would be my long-term fuzzy co-host, maybe my 13-year-old pug, um, who is chilling beside me on the couch right now. And you might have heard um, my name being called a couple times um, as my daughter was fighting off going to sleep from upstairs um long-time listeners thank you for your continual support throughout the years uh, i think i'm coming on to the seventh year anniversary of this podcast which is wild um 
And so if anyone has any thoughts, please write into stephenkingcast at yahoo.com. And the biggest thing that anyone could do to, to help me out is to go on over to iTunes and leave a review, not just a rating, but an actual review and a subscription. Um, that would really help me out a lot. Um, and yeah, uh, that's all that I got for now. But make sure that you come back next week and may have, uh, may have long days and pleasant nights. And I will see you here next time where M-O-O-N spells Stephen King cast. <laughs>